Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to Faith in the Zone, a show about sports and faith, how the two come together and lives being touched. Right now, discover how people in sports walk in faith with host Mike McGivern and Pastor Ken Keltner on 1250 AM, The Fan. Welcome to Faith in the Zone on 1250 AM. The Fan. I am Mike McGivern, once again flying solo. Boy, I'm looking forward to having Pastor Ken Keltner from Brookside Baptist Church back in studio. And uh, hopefully that's sooner than later. And again, I, I we may not book a guest that day because Pastor Ken's going to have a whole lot to talk about, and I look forward to to that day. Our special guest for today's show, and I want to thank Tom Roy from UPI, and you hear me say that a lot on this show, but, man, this Grafton native, this boy that grew up in Wisconsin has really helped us over the last seven years with really good guests and godly men and, and guys that will get up on the mountaintop with us a little bit and not afraid to talk about their faith. And we, normally his guys are all baseball guys and and uh, no exception here. And I was a big fan of our guest, Matt Miski, who played for the Milwaukee Brewers for a number of years. He also played for the Seattle Mariners, Houston Astros, and the Arizona Diamondbacks. And then he played for one other team that I don't know if we want to talk about or not. They Chicago Cubs. I nobody up here. Oh, there's a couple of Cubs fans. I'm I'm lying. Our special guest the entire hour is Matt Miski. Hey Matt, how you doing today? I'm good. How are you doing? I am doing. You know what? I'm doing good, Matt. I am. It. Uh, you know, this is just a weird, weird world we're living in right now, and and I know that everybody feels it. And I I got to tell you that I don't like change a lot, Matt. I've been holding hands with the same girl since the day after we graduated from high school. It's a long time ago. We bought one house, Matt. Neither one of us likes change much. And 2020 is just, it's all about change and you have to adapt. But, man, I'm getting tired of it. I, I am. And I just want to go back to some sort of normalcy. Talk a little bit about how you and your family, everybody's doing okay? Yeah, we're we're doing good. It's been uh, it's been a stressful year for everybody. Um, we have uh, had both of our adults graduated from college, kids living with us for portions of this year, um, and then we had our uh, future son-in-law staying with us this spring, and um, now they've got married in the midst of this. Wedding was planned in seven weeks. Wow! And uh, everything went very well. Um, so the the rumors that uh, weddings take a year to plan are are unfounded, and uh, you can do it much quicker. Uh, smaller and simple was not necessarily cheaper. I'll I'll go on the record <laughs> and say that. But. Um, yeah, it's been it's been a very weird year for everybody. It's been stressful. It uh, 
we've managed to stay healthy and um, our state has had more restrictive uh, guidelines than a lot of the other states our governor uh, has taken a different approach and um, so I'm with you I, I'm I'm ready to uh, hopefully put this behind us and have uh, have some freedom again it's uh, it's been challenging from that standpoint it, it really has and congratulations on uh, you and your wife to have your daughter married we, I have a son and a daughter who both married and and uh, my daughter uh, and her husband John have three sons so I have three grandsons on that side and my son Matthew and his wife Kiara um, they have a one I ah, 16 month year old a little Liam Michael McGivern well that's an Irish name Matt and and I'm telling you little Liam is uh, he is fun and these three grandsons uh, Keegan and Beckett and Logan uh, are the three on the other side and it is fun I I stopped coaching basketball after 36 years um, and I get a chance to go watch them play a little bit. And it is, uh, it's fun. I, I need to figure out how to be a grandfather and just a grandfather in the stands. Just be quiet. You know, you know all the refs. Don't have to talk to the refs. Don't have to ask him why he's not boxing out. You're not his coach. And so that, that for me has taken a little bit, you know, that's a challenge for me. And I just need to sit back and enjoy watching these kids these kids play where so you live in michigan correct where in in a small town a big town where do you live a uh, small town in michigan it's uh, it's pretty much straight across the lake from milwaukee and um and then inland a little bit um called freeland okay and uh, if we if we could drive across the lake it pro- i could probably get there in about three hours but um so it's essentially straight across Lake Michigan from you guys, and um, it's in the area where I grew up. Uh, not the same city, but adjacent. And um, after living in Arizona for 14 years, we moved back here in 2005. We wanted to raise our kids through their teenage years here in Michigan, and um, uh, it was a good choice. Boy, I, it was a good decision at that time. You know, they say that uh, a boy can't come home, right? You can you can't come home, and I, what was it like? How much did that area change um, the years that you were gone? And and obviously you guys still like the area because you're, you've been there for a bit now. But did that area change quite a bit while you were playing major uh, playing baseball? Uh, it did. I wouldn't say it changed a whole lot, but it did change. Um, I like to I like to say that we don't keep up with. Um, pop culture or current culture here. It's still kind of an old-fashioned area and um, slower pace than most, but uh, it has – technology has changed everybody's lives. And um, But we try to hold on to as many of those um, older traditional things as we can. And um, one reason why we like it, it still has a small-town feel to it and – for the most part, people are friendly. Oh, that's good. That's really good. We're talking to Matt Mieske, former Milwaukee Brewer. Uh, played for the Chicago Cubs, the Mariners, the Astros, and the Diamondbacks. And again, I just want to thank you, uh, Tom Roy. Uh, he, he said, hey, look, this Matt Mieske would be somebody that I'd reach out to. And I said, you got to be kidding because, I, look, I loved watching this, this dude play. And he said, "Great, you should probably tell him that." I said, "I will, uh, Matt. I've been, uh, you know, I've been a Brewer fan for a long time, and um, I, I just, I really enjoyed watching you play for the Brewers, and and it was fun. You played multiple positions in the outfield and got after it, and and uh, I, you kind of had that grit that people in Milwaukee like to see guys have when they play." Uh, for the Brewers and the times that that you spent here in Milwaukee uh, with the Brewers, do, do you think back on those years fondly? Absolutely, that uh, was a great place for me as a a younger player with a young family. Um, it was uh, comfortable. It was safe. Uh, I wish I would have got to play more than I did, but I always enjoyed when I did get a chance to play. And um, having been in, in a lot of different cities and played for several teams, um, there was a lot 
a lot about Milwaukee that that we enjoyed, and um, it was it was really uh, a blessing to us to start um, our career there as a major leaguer. And um, I enjoyed my time. I have a lot of friends that I made there uh, while we were playing, and um, and uh, yeah, I did I did enjoy it, and um, I just wish I would have got to play a little bit more. He uh, played for the Brewers 1993 to 1997. He uh, major league debut with the Brewers uh, May 3rd of 1993. And I, I got to ask you this: when when you were growing up uh, in I think Midland, Michigan, did did you play multiple sports, or was baseball um, kind of where you where you played the most? And and thinking that that would be um, your way to, to to go on and play at the next level. Well, un- unlike uh, a lot of younger athletes today who who kind of specialize in in one thing. Um, I, I was multi-sport. I played uh, basketball and football as well. Was actually recruited in college uh, for all three sports, and um, I decided to to play baseball. Uh, but I could have played collegiately in in any of the three. And um, baseball was probably my favorite. Um, actually, my favorite was hockey. Uh, I played hockey as well, but um, we didn't have the organi- organized teams that they have now um, growing up. So, but Boy. baseball was always my first love. And but I did play. I did play multiple sports and um, um, could have played collegiately. But I chose not to. Good for you. That you know what I I love that as again as a former retired high school basketball coach. I, I tell this story every once in a while that when I was coaching at a school called Whitefish Bay Dominican here, we had a young man that, that the Badgers had some interest in, Matt, and he had never played football. And after the football team played their first game, this kid's sophomore year, he went to the coach and said, hey, um, is it, can I still try out? And the coach said, can you try out? Did you see the amount of, you know, the lack of players we have? You want to play football? Come on. So Monday they, they got him his uniform, right, his pads and everything. And Tuesday went to his first practice. On Friday night, he was returning kicks. And the first kickoff, he took 97 yards for a touchdown. And from that moment on, the kid, like, he, he really excelled in football. He played both sides of the ball. He even punted and... And then his senior year, he decided he didn't want to play football anymore because he knew he was going to play basketball at the next level. And him and I were in Bo Ryan's office up in Wisconsin. And I said, uh, I said, Coach Ryan, um, Kwame played uh, football his sophomore and junior year, and he decided he did not to play this year. How do you feel about that? And he shook his head. He said, look, I, son, I'm just going to tell you this. If I have two kids that are the same, you know what, play the same position, you know, they're pretty much the same as far as their academics, and one kid played football and one kid didn't, I'm taking the kid who played football because he's tougher. And Kwame kind of looked at him, he said, no, I'm telling you, he said, I love kids that play multiple, multiple sports, and as a basketball coach, man, I knew that if I had a kid on the team that was a quarterback or a running back and on fourth and one with eight seconds to go in the game and they're down four, that he had enough guts and courage to score from the one yard line to get his team a win, he certainly could hit a free throw for me, right? Yeah, absolutely. Hey, what position did you play in basketball? I was a guard, um, and we didn't we didn't really have point guard and shooting guard. Um, we didn't have a three point line then, but uh, um, our high school league was um, at that time it was it was the best league in the, in the state. We were towards the bottom uh, of the league, but I played against Glenn Rice oh. and um, I played against Andre Risen, who ended up playing football more than basketball. Um, I played against Terrence Green, um, Jeff Grayer, um, some, some very good collegiate players and, uh, NBA players. I yeah. believe Glenn Rice is in, in in the Hall of Fame now. I believe he is. Uh, 
He, uh, he, so, he definitely is. Boy, you played. Those are big names to guys like me, Matt. Just so you know that yeah. th- those are you know Grayer and 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 uh, Rice and obviously Andy Risen who won a Super Bowl with with the Packers. Um, boy, that's awesome. Hey, we're going to get to a break. Other side of the break, we're going to ask Matt Miski for his testimony. Again, former Milwaukee Brewer. He played for the Brewers uh, from 1993 to 97, played for the Cubs for one year in 98, Seattle, Houston, and, and Arizona. Ended his baseball career with the Arizona Diamondbacks. And I know... When I started telling people early in the week that I had Matt, I'm gonna I'm gonna have Matt Miski on for Faith in the Zone. There's a lot of Matt Miski fans, like I was, uh, still here in the Milwaukee area, and it's so good that his willingness to come on this show and share his faith and how it's affected his life professionally and personally. And we'll get to that part on the other side of the break. This is Faith in the Zone on 12:50 a.m. The Fan. More now of Faith in the Zone. Discovering people in sports and their walk in faith. Faith in the Zone is brought to you by Brookside Baptist Church. Back with hosts Mike McGivern and Pastor Ken Keltner on 1250 AM, The Fan. I'm just a nobody, trying to tell everybody all about somebody who saved my soul. Ever since you rescued me, you gave my heart a song to sing. I'm living for the world to see nobody but Jesus. I'm living for the world to see nobody but Jesus. Moses had stage fright, and David brought a rock to a sword fight. You picked 12 outsiders, nobody would have chosen, and you changed the world. Well, the moral of the story is... Welcome back to Faith in the Zone on 1250 AM, The Fan. I'm Mike McGivern, again, flying solo this week. Pastor Ken Keltner from Brookside Baptist Church. We'll be back in studio as soon as I can get him in the door. And uh, it might still be a bit, from what I understand, but I'm looking forward to having him back. Our special guest, Matt Miski, former Milwaukee Brewer, Chicago Cub, I know, don't hold that against him, Seattle Mariner, Houston Astro, Arizona Diamondbacks. He grew up in, in a small town in Michigan, and him and his wife and family are, are living in, in Michigan. Uh, they, they were in Arizona for a while and then came back to Midwest a little bit to, to raise their family. And, and I think that, uh, you know, good for him, good for you guys, Matt. And you could put up with the summers in, in Arizona. You certainly can put up with the winters in, in Michigan, and you got to be a little tougher than, than most to be able to do that. Hey, the second segment of Faith in the Zone, we'd like to, to ask people for their testimony and where their their their, their journey um, began. So if you could share your testimony with us. Sure, absolutely. So um, I grew up uh, in a home that um, we, we went to a Catholic church. So I, I grew up um, believing... Um, everything uh, the Catholic Church taught, and um, we went to church on a regular basis. I always, I always remember um, when I was younger, say seven, eight, nine, ten years old, whenever we'd be in the car driving somewhere, and um, thought always kind of stuck in my mind, I wonder why there were other kinds of churches, and I wonder, you know, why doesn't everybody go to the same church? And um, even in a small town of 3,000 people, we had Baptist, and we had Methodist, and we had Lutheran, and we had Catholic. And um, I didn't really know when I, when I was growing up what the difference was, but I, I always wondered, um, never got the answer to that, but I always wondered why there were different churches. And um, as you mentioned earlier, I, I was a multi-sport player. Um, devoted pretty much my entire life to athletics, loved competing, and um, played multiple sports, chose baseball, played in high school and college, um, and signed professionally. But um, everything I did, I was successful at. I, I I was a good student. I was good at a lot of different things, sports, um, was something that I loved to do, and, and, and that everything I tried, I, I was always good at. So growing up, 
um, I didn't experience failure to, to really any extent. And uh, as I started to play professionally, uh, even in my, my first two years in um, San Diego organization, in rookie ball and then high A, um, I won the most valuable player award um, in my first year in the league. And in my second year, I won the most valuable player uh, award in that league as well. So Northwest League in my first year and the California League in my second year. So I remember going into my third year in spring training, and and you kind of think about how you want the season to go. And, and I remember thinking to myself, well, it's last year I just wanted to do better than I did the year before. And it's kind of hard to exceed the most valuable player. You can't get higher than that. And then I did it again, and I thought to myself, okay, I want to get better, I want to do better, and I'd like to eventually make it to the majors. Well, in the end of spring training in my third year, I got traded from San Diego to Milwaukee and spent the last week or so of spring training with the Brewers in Chandler, Arizona. And um, that was kind of a shock to me. Um, I'd always dreamed of playing in the majors. And then once you get traded, you kind of realize it's a business. It wasn't that thing that I had dreamed about my entire life. I realized, wow, this is, this is different. And, um, so that was, a, that was a big shock to me. And, um, so we left spring training the, so the year before I had played in a ball and, uh, I skipped double a, I went right to triple a with the brewers in Denver. And obviously they felt comfortable enough with how I had done to put me right in triple a and bypass, um, double a. And, um, so we go to a new city, we go to Denver and, and that was the last year in the mile high stadium before the Rockies had their team the next year. And, um, being part of the Gary Sheffield trade, um, I just put a lot of pressure on myself to prove my worth, my value, I guess. And uh, I started the season in Denver, really struggled. And um, the more I struggled, the harder I tried and the worse it got. And uh, I, I remember I remember at one point looking up at the giant scoreboard in Mile High Stadium, and I think my batting average was like 118 or 121 or something like that. And it was in May, um, so we were five weeks or so into the season. And um, so I, I was I was struggling terribly, and I, and I really never failed at anything um, in my life, at least not to that extent. And I was actually to the point where I wasn't having any fun, and I was actually thinking about just leaving, and and um. Obviously, I didn't do that, but I was very, I was very close. And um, what what was amazing during that time is God had put some people around me that uh, have become very good friends, and um, that were teammates who were believers. And um, I can remember thinking to myself, "Hey, I'm I'm one step away from reaching my lifelong dream, and I'm miserable." I'm absolutely miserable. I'm struggling. I'm miserable. I'm not having any fun. And I can remember thinking to myself, there has to be something better than this. There, there has to be something better than this. And um, so I, I remember um, going to chapel on Sundays, and um, there were three guys in Denver that rotated. Um, sometimes two of them out of the three would be there. But... Um, just listening to them a couple times in April and maybe once in May, and they would be there during the week occasionally, but just hearing what they had to say. And at a time when I was kind of uh, down and, and struggling and vulnerable, um, the Holy Spirit just used their, their message to, to make an impact on me. And I, I realized that 
that I was not saved. And, um, and it just, you know, God opened my eyes, opened my heart, and I accepted Christ um, that first week or so in May, uh, first or second week in May. I don't remember the exact day. But um, I can remember just having a ton of bricks lifted off my shoulders. Amen. And um, it, it didn't change my batting average. Um, I still looked up, and it was still hitting 100. But I stopped putting so much pressure on myself. And so, you know, by that time, we were six weeks into the season, and I was playing every day. And we probably had played, you know, 40 games. So I had almost 200 at-bats. And I was hitting 120 or 130. And uh, But from that from that time forward, um, I was able to relax. And baseball is a game that you have to be able to relax. And, and if you try harder, you get diminishing results, unlike football or hockey where you can – run into somebody harder, trying harder sometimes help you. But um, the rest of the season was amazing. I ended up, I think I climbed up like 278 or 277. So the second half of the season, I think I hit 350 or 360. But it was really, it was really attributed to being freed up in my mind and my heart and, and not having that pressure on me. Boy, so, amen to that. I I, I got to tell you, we, we were talking to Matt Mieske, again, former Milwaukee Brewer, Chicago Cubs, Seattle Mariners, Houston Astros, Arizona Diamondbacks, but he spent he spent four good years here in Milwaukee from 93 to 1997. Sorry about that, Matt. Yeah, no problem. So I think the, the moral of the story is I had always kind of put sports in general and in particular baseball Baseball was my God. It was the most important thing in my life. And my happiness, my security, my joy was fully on the results of my baseball career up until that time. And I realized that uh, my priorities were not in the right place. And accepting Christ was something that needed to happen. and, And God needed to be the most important thing in my life and my relationship, my walk with Christ now um, almost 30 years ago um, has been the single most important thing, the most significant uh, part of my life. And even, even more than being a major league player, um, it's who I am. It's, It's the center of my life. It's the most important thing. And, and uh, I, I feel incredibly blessed to have played baseball professionally for 11 years, parts of eight in the majors. Wow. And, um, and then, you know, to have a second career as a, as a professional financial advisor going in, I'm in my 20th year of that. And um, um, God's been great. I mean, the, the amazing thing is I, I think last year, um, I, I've, I've made more in this career than I did playing major league baseball to this point, which not a lot of, not a lot of guys can say that. No. And, um, so, but I really attribute that to, um, God laying, laying the groundwork, planting the seeds, other people in my life growing up and having a good work ethic and thank my parents and, um, just people that have impacted my life along the way. There's dozens of them, you know, some are not alive anymore. And I just, I think back in, in how God puts people in your path at just the right time. And so I, I always try to look at that from the standpoint of who am I around? Who, who, who can I have that impact on and who needs help? in a way that I needed help at that time. And, um, you know, I, I firmly believe that we are blessed to be a blessing. And, and as we experience God's blessings that we're supposed to pass that on. And the amazing thing is I still get, I still get baseball cards probably two, three, four times a week in envelopes with the return, uh, with the return envelopes. And uh, I sign every one and, on at least one card in the envelope 
I will put a, a scripture verse on. Amen. Good and return it. And, and I and I think that, you know, I don't know if these ever have an impact on the other end when people get those cards back. Maybe maybe they see that and they throw it out. I, I don't know. But I've been doing it for twenty years or more. And um someday maybe I'll know. Someday. If, if, um, if anybody uh, was impacted by that, but you know, and that's and that's that's just uh, that's just one way. I certainly get the opportunity in my job to help people, and and I do have a lot of Christians who are who are clients. So um, I, I am completely pleased with um, where God has me, and um, I, I just I'm very thankful for the journey and. Um, it's just it's been it's been a great ride. He is Matt Mieske, and again, his uh, his major league debut May third, nineteen ninety three, for the Milwaukee Brewers. That team and and Doug Henry was on that team. He has been uh, on faith in the zone with us, but that team with with Ricky Bonus and, and Cal Eldred, um, you know, the Bill Wegman. If you guys know the Brewers the way I did, uh, and I still do, but back then. You know, you you look at that infield of of guys like um, Pat Listash and John Jaha, or guys Kevin Smith, that Billy Spires, who obviously um, you would remember, and B.J. Surhoff and Dickie Thon, and then the outfield then was was Matt, uh, Greg Vaughn, uh, Robin Yount, Daryl Hamilton. These are some players from. Look, I think Robin Yount's the greatest Milwaukee Brewer that's ever put on a uniform, but that's just that's that's me talking. And this guy got a chance to play with him. We're going to get to a break. Other side of the break, we'll continue our conversation. What a great testimony. Look, we've had a lot of of brewers or a lot of baseball guys, excuse me, a lot of baseball guys on. And when you you listen to Matt's testimony about, hey, look, I, you know what, I had success everywhere. And then all of a sudden, you know, I get traded and and Sheffield wanted out of Milwaukee, guys. At my age, you know this. He, He wanted out of Milwaukee, didn't like it here. And Matt Mieske was one of the guys he got traded for. And his life now changed. And he was going through some struggles. And, and look, he grew up in a Catholic um, church. I grew up in a Catholic church. And I've said this a million times. They, they handed me that Bible, Matt, and said, hey, carry it. You don't have to open it. We'll tell you what's in it. You just carry it when we tell you to carry it. And I had a relationship with Jesus Christ. I knew all about Jesus Christ when I was, when I was a kid. I knew him the same way I knew Abraham Lincoln. I knew all the stories, didn't have any kind of relationship. We'll continue our conversation. Again, Matt Mieske, former Milwaukee Brewer, that 1993 roster was loaded with people that we still talk about. When, when we hang out and talk about old Brewer teams, these are the guys we talk about, and Matt is certainly one of those guys. This is Faith in the Zone on 1250 AM, The Fan. Welcome back to Faith in the Zone, an inside look at people in sports and their walk in faith. Faith in the Zone is brought to you by Bayview Shade and Blind. Here are your hosts, Mike McGivern and Pastor Ken Kellner, only on 1250 AM, The Fan. I'm just a nobody, trying to tell everybody, all about somebody who saved my soul. Ever since you rescued me, you gave my heart a song to sing. I'm living for the world to see, nobody but Jesus. I'm living for the world to see, nobody but Jesus. When Moses had stage fright, and David brought a rock to a sword fight. You picked 12 outsiders nobody would have chosen and you changed the world. Well, the moral of the story is... Welcome back to Faith in the Zone on 1250 AM, The Fan. I am Mike McGivern, again, flying solo. Looking forward to having Pastor Ken Keltner from Brookside Baptist Church in studio, our special guest. Man, and that hit, uh, Matt Mieske, his testimony was so strong. Former Milwaukee Brewer, Chicago Cubs, Seattle Mariner, Houston Astro, and Arizona Diamondback. And when you hear a guy who says, look, I, 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 was, I was pretty good there for a while. I was an MVP in two in minor league baseball leagues and, and was an awfully good athlete in, in the town I grew up in. And, and when I struggled for the first time, you know, I, I realized it's, this is not all about me. And he was able to turn his life 
over and and even though he continued to 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 fail cuz we all fail you know he had he had somebody that he could uh rest assured that had his back cuz he had turned this thing over hey Matt what is your wife's name Lynn Lynn hey um where where did you guys meet We met at Western Michigan University where we went to school and um um and end of my freshman year and into the beginning of my sophomore year she was uh a year ahead of me but um yeah we met at western michigan hey so we had um and i believe that the, the football coach from western michigan has been on faith in the zone and i i asked him boy kids have really changed over the years haven't they and he said uh, no uh-uh. i go what I was expecting him to agree with me. And he goes, no. He said, Mike, when I was first-year head coach at Western Michigan, I was a, I believe it was Western Michigan. I, I was a 28-year-old, the youngest um, the youngest football coach in the country, uh, head coach in the country. And I was single, and I was cool. And now I'm 44. I'm married. I have three kids. I want to get out of practice and get home and see my kids. These kids haven't changed. I've changed. You've changed, Mike. They're still doing the, the idiotic stuff that I did as a freshman in college. Now they're posting it, and social media has taken over. But I don't think the kids have changed. I think you and I have changed a little bit. And it's really interesting to me because I, I talked to people about that. It was almost an epiphany when, when he said that because I think he's right. I think kids. I don't. I think I've changed. I've gotten older and a little bit slower, and I can't hit a jump shot to save my life anymore. Matt and uh, and these kids, you know, look at me as the old guy. Where when I started coaching basketball 36 years ago, I certainly was was not that. So, hey, when um, when you and Lynn started dating, um, it, was Lynn a believer in in college, or have you guys kind of taken that journey together? Uh, no, she was not. Uh, neither one of us were. Um, I uh, like I said earlier, I became a Christian while we were in AAA yep. in 1990, 1992. And uh, my wife had a similar upbringing in the Catholic Church, but um, they didn't go to church a whole lot. Um, we didn't really have a lot of discussions um, about faith. Um, we got married in a Catholic Church, but um, I became a believer early in the season in 1992. And... Um, uh, it was kind of a crash course during the year of, of starting to read scripture. And um, I think she noticed that, that I was reading. I, I tried not to like put it in her face. I, right. I was just trying to figure everything out. And uh, so the next, the next season um, we couldn't be in Denver anymore because uh, the Rockies were there. So we, our triple A team got moved to new Orleans. And um, I, I wouldn't call New Orleans the the uh, hotbed of Christianity. No, but, it is not. Uh, so, um, over the course of that season, um, I had uh, gotten called out for the first time, and then got sent back down, and then I broke a bone in my hand, so I missed some time. But over the course of that season, there were um, some other wives on the team that really invested a lot of time in Lynn. And um, when we would go on the road, we would have Bible studies, and uh, the husbands on the team um, would always ask about her. They knew that I was a believer, and um, so they, they knew that they could tell their wives that, you know, she's not a believer, and, and you need to work on her. So whenever we went on the road, they would they would really try to encourage her and um, I mean, New Orleans is a place where they had, at the time, they had drive-through daiquiri shops, so you could, you could, you could get, you know, 32 ounce daiquiris uh, right at the drive-in window, and um, <laughs> so, you know, thankfully, um, she got to a point where she realized that she didn't have that relationship. I think she she saw changes in me. Um, Obviously not perfect, wasn't perfect then, but she saw a difference and we never really talked about it. Um, 
and um, she kind of came to that decision on her own, but then um, told me, you know, afterwards, and um, that that next or that off season, we went back to Arizona and really got plugged in. Just had a great group of um, other baseball families, and um, that were very strong in their faith and. We got together weekly, and and we just um, you know grew tremendously that off season. So um, I didn't have a lot to, uh, to do with it. It was kind of organic, and and um, but I'm thankful that it that it happened. And now we've we've been uh, married 29 years, and um, been a believer for 28 of those 29 so did you uh you all kicked your covers like i did a little bit oh yeah (laughs) that a boy that a boy because i definitely did hey really quickly do you um i I looked it up it was actually eastern michigan university that craig creighton was the guest on faith in the zone who talked about um kids not changing that that we changed do you remember some of the players on um in in the uh in the locker room with the Brewers that, that, you know, helped you with, with your walk. Are there guys that, uh, that when you, if you haven't talked to a while, when you see up in heaven, you're going to be able to say thank you to. Oh, absolutely. I, I was very, very fortunate. And, and I think back in the early nineties, Christianity in sports was still kind of breaking free of the whole, um, well, Christian athletes are soft. They right. don't play hard. And um, so I don't believe it's that way anymore, but it, it used to have that connotation with it. And I think we were still breaking free of, of that tag that, that, that we carried. And in Milwaukee in particular, we probably had more believers on our team than any other than any other team in baseball or any other professional team um, in any sport. And, and I think Sports Illustrated might even have done an article on that. One of the, one of the big magazines did an article on it. And, um, and the, the bond that we had, we had a good team, but not a great team. Um, we might have been a couple players short from being a playoff team. But in a small market, with setting the the budget or salary where it's at, where it was at, we had a very competitive team, just not quite playoff level. But uh, we had more believers on that team, strong believers, and it was just a, a great environment for me to grow in my faith. Um, you know, you talk about living your faith at the field in the clubhouse versus off the field. And, um, you know, we, we're supposed to be the same person no matter where we go. And, and I always remember someone saying, your character is what you are when no one else is around. Amen. Yep. And I always took that as a challenge. That, you know, I, I need to be the same, consistent, tried to be, um, not perfect by any means. But it really helped um, my career just trying, just trying to be even killed and consistent. Milwaukee was really a blessing because we had so many strong believers on the team and uh, we really grew, cared about each other, really good friendships. And, um, you know, the interesting thing was it was, it was, it was comfortable, but at the same time, the guys on the team who weren't, I think it created kind of a, uh, not conflict, but it was just, awkward at times because the the group that we had was so strong that the guys who weren't i think they resented it to some extent and um you know we never tried to be exclusive by any means but i really i really would say that um they were always the guys who weren't believers seemed like they're always waiting for us to mess up uh, in some way, sure. either with behavior or language, and then always point to that and see, you know, say, okay, I saw, I saw that, or why do you do that? You're not perfect, and um, 
it was kind of unfair from that standpoint. But you know, someone who doesn't have Christ in their life, that's the perspective they're going to have. One hundred percent. I'm sorry, Matt. We got to get you a quick break. He is Matt Miski. Yeah. And again, former Milwaukee Brewer, on the other side of the break, we'll continue our conversation. We'll have a short segment, and I want to ask him what uniform he would put on. Of all the uniforms that he has played, and I'm talking any sport, if I gave him the opportunity to play one more game, what uniform and what team would he play against? He is Matt Miski, and just a wonderful testimony in, in the fact that he was one of our Milwaukee Brewers. Um, I just, I'm a bigger fan of his now than I was back in 93, 94, 95. And I'm telling you, I was a huge fan. This is Faith in the Zone on 1250 AM, The Fan. Back to Faith in the Zone, a journey on how people in sports walk in faith. Faith in the Zone is brought to you by Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Here are hosts Mike McGivern and Pastor Ken Keltner, only on 1250 AM, The Fan. Because I'm just a nobody trying to tell everybody all about somebody who saved my soul. Ever since you rescued me, you gave my heart a song to sing. I'm living for the world to see nobody but Jesus. I'm living for the world to see nobody but Jesus. When Moses had stage fright, and David brought a rock to a sword fight. You picked 12 outsiders, nobody would have chosen and you changed the world with well, the moral Welcome back to Faith in the Zone on 1250 AM the fan. I'm Mike McGivern, our special guest, man. And and like I said, I was a big fan of his. I'm a bigger fan now. He's Matt Miski, former Milwaukee Brewer, played for the Cubs for a year, and like I said, don't hold that against him. The Mariners, the Astros, and the Diamondbacks. Hey Matt, all the all the teams you've played on. And you think you were a multi-sport athlete growing up, grade school, high school, and then played uh, baseball. If I could say you can put one uniform on one more time and play one game, what uniform of all those uniforms you've had would you put on? Well, I would say um, when I was when I was playing baseball in college, um, in the summertime, I played for Team USA. Oh, <laughs> and um, I played on the national team twice. So for two different years, it was a non-Olympic year. Um, it was the year after the Olympics, but I played on the national team and um, we got to go play in Cuba when it was closed and it was a five game series and they had a stadium down there uh, in Havana uh, 55,000 seat stadium and it was full oh. and, um, the entire stadium buildings, light stands, dugouts, every, every single thing in the stadium was army green. There was oh, yeah. no color whatsoever. It was just so, um, oppressive, beautiful stadium, but everything was army green. And, um, we got, we got to go down there and play them. And I did pretty well down there while we were playing. I hit a home run in their stadium. Um, we won the series three games to two, which wasn't supposed to happen because they had an amazing team. But, um, I, I think just that encapsulated the privilege of being able to play baseball, go to a country where you can't take things for granted and they didn't have freedom. And, um, in, in that, in that stadium, in that environment, knowing that you're in a communist country and, um, on, on that stage and get to do what you've always wanted to do that. I, I would, I would do that again. That was, uh, that was one of the highlights for me. And I, and I think, not just with baseball, but, but with life, the freedom that we have in our country. And then I think we're fighting for that freedom right now with this, with this election fight that's going on. And, um, no, we're at a crossroads and, and that was a crossroads for me. 
at that time. And um, I was not a believer at that time, but that was a, a huge memory for me. And I, I would do that again. Definitely. Boy, that's a great answer. He is Matt Mieske. And Matt, I'm going to ask you, I've got probably 25 more questions that I really wanted to talk to you about. I may call you back in six months and, and do a Matt Mieske, you know, too, because I, I just think there's there's so much that that I wanted to ask you, but I, I was so impressed with your testimony and, and the fact that, you know, we can get guys like you to get up on the mountaintop with us. I, I thank you so much. Um, I, I certainly will pray for you and your family that they continue uh, with good health and, and business continues to be good for you. And, and just thank you so much. And I want to thank Tom Roy uh, for introducing us. And, and thank you so much for your time today, Matt. No problem, Mike. I enjoyed it. Excellent. Again, Matt Mieske, former Milwaukee Brewer. That's all we'll say. We're not talking about the Cubs with him. Thanks for listening. This is Faith in the Zone on 1250 AM, The Fan. You've been listening to Faith in the Zone with hosts Mike McGivern and Pastor Ken Keltner. You can hear Faith in the Zone every Sunday at 8 a.m. and 8 p.m. To find past shows, exclusive podcasts, or to contribute with an inside tip on a guest, simply go to faithinthezone.com. Faith in the Zone is an inside look at people in sports and their walk in faith. Join us again next Sunday for Faith in the Zone right here on 1250 a.m., the fan. I'm just a nobody trying to tell everybody all about somebody who saved my soul. Ever since you rescued me, you gave my heart a song to sing. I'm living for the world to see nobody but Jesus. I'm living for the world to see nobody but Jesus. When Moses had stage fright And David brought a rock to a sword fight You picked 12 outsiders Nobody would have chosen And you changed the world Well, the moral of the story is Everybody's got a purpose T-Mobile has invested billions To light up America's largest 5G network From big cities to small towns Including right here in yours and great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.